Praise the Lord. Well, I don't really have any sort of message planned, but there's some things stirring in my heart today about the Lord being our help, being the one we look to, being our all in all, our all sufficiency. And so um, there's some, some scriptures I want to look at real quick. If you got your Bibles, we're believers, so we have a Bible, right? <laughs> if you're new, you get away with it, but if you're not, come on. Get your Bible out. We don't do, we rarely do on the screen scriptures on Wednesday nights, so you got to bring your own. Um, Second Peter. Second Peter, chapter one. Peter's writing here. He says, in verse three, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Say all things. things. Say God gave gave. all things things. to me. me. Come on. That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Say exceedingly great great. and and precious. That's better than like sort of good and, and like inexpensive. <laughs> sort of good and inexpensive. No, exceedingly great and precious promises is what he's given us. Why? Uh, he's given us these that you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So by receiving of his promises, we partake in his nature. If you remember, God created us in the beginning in his image. Jesus came to restore us back to the image of our Father. And so the image of our Father, one of the ways we become or we partake of that same image is to receive his promises. We receive the promises of God and we are like our God, we're like God, we're like him. You become like Jesus. Didn't Jesus walk around in the promises? Our, our God is, he's, he's a God of promise. And so these promises, you know, we can, if you don't know what they are, you know, you miss out on them. That's why verse three says here that um, through the knowledge of him who called, if you don't have the knowledge of him, you'll miss out on promises, most of the body of Christ walks around today unaware of the, the, the promises of God, unaware that all things have been given to us that pertain to life and godliness. Past tense, God, if you could just help me. God, if you could just, th- this problem that I'm having. And what's the Lord saying? I have already given to you all things pertaining to life and godliness. Already, it's in the past, you're not, we're not looking for something that he's giving out today. He already gave promises. The promises cause things to manifest today. But we're, there's, th- this leaves out the question of, well, I wonder what the will of God is in this situation. I wonder, God, if it's your will, blah, 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 you know, whatever the, whatever the question is. You know, when you have a promise on it, you don't have to tag on, if it be your will, God. That's good. That's 
You got a promise on it. You don't need to tag that on. In scripture, when they tagged on, if it be your will, it was concerning things like, if I should go here, or if I should go there, if I'm going to come visit you, I want to, if it be God's will, then I would do that. You know, that's not, there's no promises on where you're going to go and what you're going to do in life. That's, a, that's like up, up in the air still. We're still figuring out the will of God in certain areas of our life. But what we're not figuring out the will of God is, is in the area of places he's promised us certain things. It's established. The will of God's already done. It's already revealed. So I don't need to say, if it be your will, God, if there's something that we're asking for that is a promise of God, we don't recognize what God's will is. We don't, we don't know the promises of God. We're unaware. We're um, we're ignorant of promises that are exceedingly great and precious. Exceedingly great. These aren't like, you know, pretty good promises. Like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got some promises from the Lord. And, you know, but, and then you tack on what, whatever is wrong with your life. I, got, I, know, I know the promise of God is this, but, you know, there's this problem I'm dealing with. And, there's this issue at work or there's this issue with someone who's hurting me. or It's like, no, but there's promises from God. And you have promises that will cause you to overcome what in any area. And sometimes believers who are ignorant of these, just they do what the world does, right? Because the world has answers to your problems. The world has answers to your problems. Most of the time, they don't really work very well. They cost too much, and they take too long. But the promises of God are the answer. You know, God and his promises are one. You don't separate the two. You know, I remember, this was, this was several years ago. This, I was going to a youth camp, um, and it wasn't a youth camp put on by Life Church. And there was this, there was this um, guest speaker. And during the evenings, like after service, there were, there were youth, they were getting healed by, by handfuls of the leaders in the cabins. And so these kids were like, this is awesome. God's so cool. Like, they did, like some of them were very new to this concept. And they were getting healed. And I remember one, uh, one, of, their, one of their feet were healed and it was... Like, they had some sort of accident, and their foot was messed up. I remember another one, his eyes were all messed up, and his eyes got straightened out. And it, it was powerful. It was like God was really moving, not in the service at all, but in afterward. And there was this guest speaker, and, and uh, you know, someone, someone said, was testifying, a youth was testifying in one of the services, and said, uh, I got healed last night, and this other kid goes, yeah, me too, and I got healed of this, and all of a sudden, like, like these kids were just like, hallelujah, this is awesome. And the guest speaker, and I don't really know what he believed, I, I do know that the end result of the guest speaker was he, uh, he ended up stepping out of ministry, and I don't think he's even serving God anymore today, but his response to the youth that were all like, Glory to God, I got healed of this, and I got healed of that. His response was, well, 
Don't get too distracted by God's hand and miss God's face. Which, when I heard that, I was like, what? That doesn't sound like scripture. God's promises and his face, his hand and his face, are no different. You're not going to go for what God has promised you and miss God. You're not going to like take God at his word and say, Lord, I'm coming to you for these, thing, these promises to be filled and be like, well, you just love God for what he does. It's like, well, actually, we love God because he first loved us. And one of the ways we know he loves us is because it's not just words on a page, it's promises that I experience and when I experience those promises, the love of God floods me. You know, I, I, was, um, I was talking to my son the other day, and he's seven, and a cu- couple testimonies for, about my son. He was, um, he, this was right after Christmas, like mid-January this year, and he goes, he goes, Dad, I really want a hoverboard. And I'm like, we just had Christmas. I, I, I got you what I was going to get you. Like... <laughs> Like, better luck next year. No. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, we just did Christmas, but if you want a hoverboard, well, believe God for a hoverboard. We're not your, own, we're not your source. God's your source. You know, believe God for what you want. Believe God for the things that you, you desire. His word says he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so, so he goes, okay. He kind of was like, a little bit like, uh, that wasn't really the answer I was going for, Dad. <laughs> and he ended up having this same conversation on a different, different time with my wife, and she gave him the exact same response, and we hadn't even talked about it. And so, so we're talking, and then a couple days goes by, and I said, Carter, did you, uh, did you ask God, or did you release your faith for, for, for a hoverboard yet? And he goes, well... No, not yet. I said, well, when are you going to? If you want a hoverboard, like, he'll get you one. And he goes, he goes, okay, well, I'll do it tonight. This is like a Saturday night. And uh, so he, he goes to bed. He tells me later, he prayed, said, Lord, I want a hoverboard, and I'm believing you for one. That's simple. He wakes up the next day, goes to, we go to church. He gives in the offering, because we talked about sowing and reaping and how you sometimes so for what you want, and, and, uh, and he's talking to me after church, he's like, Dad, how's this going to happen? You know, is God just going to, like, make some hoverboard come down from the sky? Like, <laughs> he's trying to figure this thing out. And I said, well, there's many ways the Lord can get stuff to you. You know, it's, it's not necessarily going to come one way. Don't try to figure out how God's going to do it, which this is good advice for anyone. Don't try to figure out how God's going to do it. Just put your trust in him. He's faithful. He's the one who gave you his word. He gave you the promise. Just trust him. Who cares how it comes? He goes, okay, I will. And, he, and, he, and then later that night, we had some company over. And Carter was just, he's this way. He's got a servant's heart. He was just going and getting drinks for people. And he was just serving people. And that's just that's how, how he is all the time. And, uh, and this one person was so just touched by his servant's heart, they just, they, they turned to him and said, Carter, 
do you want anything? And with, without hesitation, hoverboard. <laughs> Talk about being childlike, just, yeah, that's what I want. And so they whip out their phone, Amazon a hoverboard, and it's there in two days. And like, like, Carter, look, God provided you this because you turned to him and he was your answer. He was your solution and you got a hoverboard. And he was, he was just like on cloud nine for like the rest, next two weeks, especially looked like he was on a cloud running around on those hoverboards. <laughs> and, and he was just so excited and he's like, man, that was awesome. Like, God loves me. And, and then this last week, he's playing at the house, doing something with a ball. He always has a ball in his hand. And he ends up jamming his finger. And he ends up hurting himself. I don't even know what happens. I'm leaving to go to LBC guest speaker. And this, he ends up jamming his finger. I find out later. He gets this little brace for it. You know, someone in the family has all these medical things. And so he ends up getting this brace for his finger. And, uh, and I don't really see him the rest of the week because of LBC every night, Wednesday night service. I see him Friday. And I said, and I, and I looked at him, and, I, and the Lord just led me to say this to him. I, I said, look, Carter, when I pray for your finger, it's going to be completely healed. I just stared at him. He stares back at me, and then I walk off. <laughs> and like 30 minutes later, I walk up to him and say the same thing. Carter, when I pray for your finger, it's getting completely healed. He just looks at me. I look at him. I walk away. This happens a few times. And then it's coming that evening, and we're about to, to go to bed. And we always pray before we go to bed. And I said, um, I said Carter, I'm gonna, when I pray for your finger, you're getting completely healed. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I, I know. And I said, I said, you let me know when you're ready. He goes, oh, you're waiting for me. I said, yeah, I'm waiting for you. I want you to, I want you to you know, take initiative and reach out and get what you're, what, what you're going to get from the Lord. And so he goes, you know, he, he thinks about it for another few seconds. He goes, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> he takes his brace off and pulls it out to me. And I grab his finger and I start, in Jesus' name, finger be healed. And he goes, dad. Your hand's really hot. Why is your hand so hot? And I was like, well, sometimes that's how the power of God manifests, in heat. And, uh, and, he, go, and he gets done getting prayed for, and he's, he starts making a fist. And he goes, whoa, my, I can make a fist, and it doesn't hurt. And, and all the swelling instantly went away. And he started, like, doing this. He's like, he's like, God really loves me. He goes, I have a basketball game tomorrow. I'm so glad I have a, my fingers not jammed anymore because I have a basketball game tomorrow. And he, the end result of what he received, which were the promises of God, was him recognizing how much God loved him. I mean, it, you, you, you need help to misunderstand it. You need a religious person to make you think otherwise. A child will get it. A child will understand when God helps me, it's because he loves me. And it's because he knows, it's because when he does things for us, 
and his promises get revealed in us and they manifest in our life, our confidence in his love grows. And then what happens when we experience the love of God? Well, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And so this, this whole dance that we do with the Lord, which is him providing for us, us looking to him so that the things that we need and the things that we're looking for, those are, those are manifest in us. It starts this dance of love where we receive love from the Lord and there's more ways than, than just receiving the promises. Sometimes you hear the voice of God tell you that he loves you. But one of the primary ways is he wants to show you tangibly that he loves you. He doesn't want it to be conceptual for you. He wants it to be tangible where you say, like, like Carter, God loves me. He healed my finger and he gave me a hoverboard. And he's going to carry that for the rest of his life. And it's going to be the, you know, the first of many things that the Lord does for him. But that should be our life. Our life should be when I need something, I know who to go to. When I, when I have some sort of problem going on, the answer is God. Like kids ministry, they get this, right? Like every answer is Jesus, right? To any problem you're having, the answer is Jesus is the answer. He's the solution to everything. There's no problems that you deal with that aren't covered by promises, there's no hopeless situation. There's no like, well, what about this, God? And I'm in this terrible situation. He's like, well, I forgot that one. Oops, missed that promise. No, he has promised you in every area of need of your life, he has a promise to you. He is your provider. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is your protector. He is the one that makes a way for you. He's the one who gave up everything for you to be like him and to be back, to, for you to escape an eternity away from him. Like he is the answer. He is the one who provides a way. In every situation, in every circumstance, he's the one that will, will if we will look to him, if we will say, God, you said in your word, you promised me right here that you said this pain, this issue in my body, it was born on the back of Jesus when he, when he received stripes. God, you said right here, you'll provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. I do the first part of the scripture, which is I put the kingdom of God first and I, and I give, and not since I'm a giver, Lord, you promised you'd supply all my needs. And, you, and this is the interaction that we have with the Lord. He, he desires this interaction with us. He wants to be a part of everything that you need. You know, the world wants to try to figure it out in lots of different ways. And, and some of the ways that the world figures it out is they will, they will take an answer that God's provided, like, um, like healing, and they'll just try to come up with the solutions themselves, right? The world, if you look, is gradually moving, I'll say society, 
the world is gradually moving further and further from God so that, and, and developing technology and developing th- diff- different ways to where you can go, I don't need God anymore, which is all the result of it's the same spirit that the Tower of Babel, right? The Tower of Babel, we don't need God. We have our own intellect and our own united abilities, and so we can go away from whatever God's provided and the doing things his way. We can figure this out on our own. And some of those ways are like um, addiction. You might not think addiction would be an answer to a solution, but many of the problems that people deal with, they answer by substituting something in their life that is, they think is a solution, they think is a fix, but it ends up being just compiling the problem even further. It just makes things worse. Every solution that man comes up with ultimately makes the problem worse. Because one of the results is, I don't need God. I got this figured out. One of the results, the way the world works, I'm going to get a solution apart from the Lord. This is contrasting the church, right? Meaning this, as the church, we don't do what the world does because their options are to turn from a different direction, 180 degrees from the Lord to find their solution. The church does the opposite of what the world does. We turn toward God to find our solution. There's no problem you deal with that doesn't have a solution. Everything is covered in his word. If you don't know what the solution is, it's in here. Every problem is covered. God has made a way. God has answered. You could be dealing with the worst sickness. You could be dealing with the worst heartache like that was talked about earlier. You could be dealing with the worst addiction. You could be dealing with um, marital problems. You could be dealing with Uh, We could just keep making lists of all the problems. Someone famously said, I got 99 problems, right? (laughs) But there's only one solution, and his name's Jesus. Doesn't matter the problem. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. God is a God who he specializes in the impossible. The worse it looks, the more glory he gets out of it. I was talking to someone recently about they were, um, they were believing God for a house. And, uh, and they were dealing with the crazy market that's happening, right? And trying to figure out where to, where to buy and what to buy. And the market keeps going up and up and up. And, and, uh, and they're like, yeah, and the interest rates have gone up. And they're, they're, they're coming to me and asking me, well, what, what should I do? Should we just try to find something real quick so that, so that the, you know, we get in the market and we're able to just get a house? Should we just, you know, that's, that's what our realtor's telling us is just, just do something real quick to get in, even if it's a lower price today and it'll, it'll, it'll still increase. And I said, well, you need to follow what the Lord's leading you to do. Don't buy a house that you don't have peace about, which is, which is what, they're, what they're endeavoring to do and be led by the Lord in, where, in what to buy and where to buy. And, uh, and, I, and I said, and, you know, 
Let the market go crazy. Let the interest rates skyrocket. Come on, God's going to get more glory out of it. The more impossible the situation looks, the more glory he's going to get out of it. It's like I, picture, I just pictured like Elijah pouring water on the, on the things that are about to be burnt. He's going to you know, call fire down from heaven to prove God is, is the one true God and all these false gods, these demon gods that these others are serving. You know, it's like, cool, let's just pour water on this situation. We're believing God for fire. Let's pour water on it. Why? Because it's going to be God or it's not. Well, you don't know how bad it is. Cool. It's either going to be God or it's not. And God's capable, I think, of handling any situation. He's been doing this for a long time. And if there was a situation he might not have been able to handle, I would put it like, like he resurrected Jesus after three days. That was probably pretty tough <laughs> compared to whatever situation you're going through. Is, is it as hard as resurrecting Jesus? If it's not that hard, then I think God can handle it. And you have promise after promise and his word after word. And, and they're precious. You must get these in you. These must be a part of us. This is how we partake of him. This is how we step into the nature in which we were born. We were born into his nature. This is how we start seeing his nature manifest through us. We partake of his promises. We see what he's promised, and all of a sudden it manifests, and we say, Lord, what you said is true. And we put a smile on the face of God. Come on. This is how we do it. We say, Lord, you said, and we, we take it to him, and we, we don't settle for anything else other than what he said. I'm not gonna, you know, it's not like, Lord, you promised you'd provide, and therefore I'm gonna go get an exorbitant loan that I don't really can't afford and say, look what the Lord provided. It's like, well, that's not God. That's you figuring it out. That's just the way the world does it. It's like, oh, I need a car. Lord's going to give me a car. And I'm going to go finance it at the dealership. And I'm going to pay double what it's worth over time. It's like, that doesn't sound like God. Let God do what he does. Don't settle for, for man's best. Don't settle for anything short of God's best. And you partake of his divine nature. Amen. You know, I had a word um, earlier today about addiction. I really do think it's somewhat tied to what Pastor Mark and Pastor Bill had regarding people doing things to you and having heartache and things. And, and, and a lot of times that shame and, and those things will, will you'll, you'll turn to things as solutions because maybe you didn't know you could turn to the Lord in that area. Maybe you didn't know him at the time. Um, but it does produce real issues. And so I had this word about addiction earlier today. And uh, I want to I wanna pray for those who are dealing with that. The good news is I'm not going to call you out, right? You get to stay right where you are. You don't even have to raise your hand. But I do want you to do this. I do want you to recognize that God is the answer to that problem. He's the one that's going to, he, he literally will just wipe it away. You know, I once was, um, I, I, I knew someone who had a, who had a son 
and he was like six at the time, and they were struggling with uh, cigarettes. They, they, they had come to the Lord probably six months prior to this, and they were still smoking, and they're like, I don't know if I can beat this. I've tried to quit multiple times, and it's like every time I try, it just gets worse. And uh, they're on, she's on her way taking her son to school, like kindergarten, and she's, you know, she gets out her cigarettes as he's about to leave the car to go to school. And he goes, the son, the son goes, Mom, what are those? Like, like why, why, are, why do you need those? And she goes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to be free of these. I don't want to need them. And he goes, well, I'll pray for you. <laughs> this is six-year-old. I'll, I'll pray for you, and you'll, you, you'll, you won't have to have them anymore. And she, she goes, oh, okay. Sounds good. And he runs off to, to the playground area before school or whatever, and um, she, she says later that she saw him, like, just take a second and pause. And she goes to light up her cigarette in her car and takes a, takes a drag out of it. And right as she takes a drag out of a cigarette, it, like, all of a sudden is disgusting to her. She looks at it and throws it out the window. She throws her, her in front of a school. <laughs> she ends up throwing her whole pack of cigarettes away. And to this day, as far as I know, this is years ago, she has never smoked again. And instantly, the, the desire completely gone. Physical addiction. We all know cigarettes are very physically addicting. Completely gone. No withdrawals, no symptoms, nothing. Come on, the Lord is so good. He has promises, and his solutions are just like, you don't have to go through years of therapy. You don't have to slowly get yourself on nicotine patches or something. Like God's solution is he just wants to fix it. Amen. And he's, he's so capable. Not only is he so capable, but he's so willing. He loves you so much. He cares about you specifically so much that he's promised you deliverance. Amen. He's promised you that any chain that would ensnare you, he broke 2,000 years ago. He promised you freedom.